Thank you, Stephen. Um, I was just talking with him about how uh, there is a good atmosphere here at Bob Jones University. The students have responded well coming back in the fall, um, and there's a real spirit of godliness among some of our students. They have a real desire to honor the Lord, um, and it's encouraging. And so I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, but I'm also aware of what's going on in our world right now, and I think that uh, it's relevant for us to turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 5 today. Um, as we're all aware in our world, uh, the nation of Israel has received fire uh, from Hamas. The streets which our Lord once walked on have been bombed. Uh, in Haiti, there is unrest. And yet here in the West, where we think all things are comfortable, uh, it's actually quite a tragedy that many of our mainline churches have gone under uh, liberal teaching. They've allowed sin, such as homosexuality and other things, into the church, and they're trying to add to the gospel of our Lord. Um, in America, or in Africa and South America, the prosperity gospel is flourishing. People are being taught that if you trust God, you will have material gain. And the very thing the Apostle Paul warned against is flourishing. And so if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we can feel as though we are losing in the cause of Christ. Sometimes we can feel hopeless. And sometimes we can doubt, why are we doing this? Is it worthy even to walk away? And brothers and sisters, I think the book of Revelation is actually a great place for us to look today. Because in the book of Revelation, the apostle John was in a very similar circumstance. So as you're turning to Revelation chapter 5, I'll give you a brief context of what's happening in Revelation, and then we'll dive into the text and go quickly. Um, but in the book of Revelation, the apostle John is exiled on the island of Patmos. He is the lone surviving apostle. By this time, all the other apostles have died. Um, he's alone. He's by himself. He's suffering. And all of a sudden, he receives a vision on the Lord's day from the Lord. And in this vision, the Lord gives him seven messages for seven churches. And these messages are anything but encouraging. For the church at Smyrna, he says, you will die for Christ's sake. They will lose their lives. For the church at Pergamum, he said that their pastor, Antipas, has already died and that many false teachers have come into their church. For the church at Sardis, their church was growing and blooming, and yet Christ says that though it looked alive, it was dead. The church at Laodicea was in love with the present world. And so John, as he's on the island of Patmos, must have been overwhelmed because the church was being tried, the church was being tempted, and it appeared all hope was lost. And then all of a sudden, he's caught up in the spirit. He's given a vision in Revelation chapter four where he beholds a throne. He is taken to the throne room of God. The curtain is taken back. And he begins to see that the Lord is still sovereign. And here in Revelation chapter 5, we see what happens at the throne. And so we're going to look at three things here today. We're going to look at our hopeless state, the hero that is overcome, and the hymn that we must sing. And so the title is, Christ is Worthy of a New Song. And let's sing it today. And so uh, the main idea really is that no matter how hopeless life may appear, we can sing a new song of hope daily because Christ is our reigning champion. And so again, imagine how John must have felt as he's going through all these circumstances of tension and all of a sudden his eyes are fixed on the throne of God. And he looks at God's hands and it says in verse one of chapter five, I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. This word book could also be translated scroll. And so he looks to the father and he sees a scroll in his hand. And he begins to wonder what this scroll is. The Old Testament often pictures a scroll as the plan of God for judgment, the plan of God for vindication and even for redemption. Uh, it's said that way in Daniel 12, 12. You can check that out yourself. Uh, but he looks to this. And all of a sudden, as the father's holding a scroll, an angel comes and he says, who is worthy to open the scroll? 
And all of a sudden, John begins to examine heaven. He says, no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look therein. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereupon. And so the strong angel appears and he says, who is able to open the scroll? Who is able to fulfill God's plan? And John begins to look and no man is worthy. No person in heaven is worthy. No one under the earth is worthy. No one in all of creation, not even the strong angel, is worthy to fulfill God's plan. Brothers and sisters, John feels hopeless. John begins to weep because he sees no way out. And I assure you, brothers and sisters, the sin that causes the problems on the earth, none of us in and of ourselves are able to overcome. What Adam has lost in the fall, none of us can overcome. And so as John sits here and looks to the Father, the plan to fulfill the ages, God's blueprint to make all things right, cannot be fulfilled by any of us. And John is hopeless. And so John sits there and he weeps because he sees no solution to the problem. But as John is weeping, one of the elders from around the throne of God comes to him and he says, John, stop crying. Stop weeping. Behold, look in verse 5 of chapter 5, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. The elder says, John, do not weep, but look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has prevailed. He has overcome. And so as John feels overcome and feels no hope, he says, look to Christ. He has overcome. And so I want to notice two things here in this section. Notice what John hears, but then notice also what John sees with his eyes. And so he hears, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. As he hears this, he thinks, ah, oh, yes, the one who was promised to never lose the scepter, the seed of Abraham, the true one who would come to reign over Israel. This is him. He hears the root of David. This is the one who God promised would be the Messiah, the anointed one who would reign forever in the throne of David. And so as John hears this, he says, yes, there is one to open the scroll. There is one to overcome, the promised one. But notice that as John turns, he hears and he turns and looks, what he sees must have made his heart drop. Look at verse six with me. And I beheld, I looked, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Notice that as John hears of this mighty lion, this powerful one, he looks to the middle of the throne. He assumes, wow, this one must reign in power. And the middle of God's throne is obviously the place of all power. He looks there and what he sees is not what any of us would expect. He sees a lamb. This word could actually be translated a little lamb. He sees this small creature, not a ferocious lion, not a beast. He sees a small lamb. Notice also the lamb has been slain. This lamb is a sacrificial lamb. This lamb has died. Why? Why would our Lord, our champion, be pictured as a lamb that's been slain? Well, brothers and sisters, the thing that we need most is not a political savior, is not a military savior, is not someone to meet our needs like the people thought in John chapter 6. We needed someone to defeat the serpent, to crush the head of the serpent, to overcome our sin and death. And brothers and sisters, through his death, Jesus Christ was not defeated. 
but rather through the death and resurrection of our Lord, he has crushed the head of the serpent and he has overcome sin. And so notice he says, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Though this lamb has been slain, it stands and he prevails. He stands in victory. And notice later on what it says about this lamb's appearance. It says he has seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God gone throughout all the earth. Horns communicate power. Later in the book of Revelation, it's going to say the beast has 10 horns. Horns are a way of expressing the power of a kingdom. And so the lamb has seven horns. He's got a full number of horns. It says he's got seven eyes. This is the idea that the lamb is omniscient. He knows all things. He knows that the churches are suffering. He knows that Israel is under attack. He knows that Haiti is in unrest. The Lord has seven eyes. But notice it says that his seven horns and his seven eyes, his power and his knowledge are his seven spirits gone throughout all the earth. You see, brothers and sisters, we often become very discouraged because we don't see the Lord's work happening the way we would want to see it. If it were up to us, churches would be going out, everyone would be being converted, nations would be changed, governments would be changed, life would be comfortable. But that is not the plan of God. The plan of God is through the preaching of the gospel and the spirit of God to create a people who delight in him, who love him and who trust him even though life is hard and who would love him even unto death. And so we need to evaluate the way we're looking at life, brothers and sisters. Sometimes we may feel hopeless and feel as though we are losing because we have a wrong idea of what that looks like. And so as John beholds this lamb, he is overcome by looking at this glorious one whose spirit has gone throughout all the earth, who has overcome sin and who's worthy to fulfill God's plan. And notice lastly, that the lamb does not go unnoticed in heaven. There's three rings of worship that begin to happen. And so you'll see uh, very quickly in verse eight, it says, and when he took the book, the lamb, the four beasts and the 24 elders fell down before him. In verse nine, they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Notice that those who stand around the throne of our father to worship him, look to the lamb and fall on their faces to cry out, you are the one who's redeemed a people for God. You are the one who has overcome. You are the one who has conquered. And they begin to worship. And brothers and sisters, we can learn from this song that our Lord's gospel will succeed. It will prevail because he has purchased a people for God. It doesn't say he might, doesn't say he may be able to, he has. And as they begin to worship, notice in verse 11, and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. Cut down to the end of the verse, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And so as John begins to look around, he begins to see those who are worshiping around the throne. But all of a sudden, all of heaven begins to erupt in a praise that the lamb is worthy of all glory and honor and power. And then lastly, in verse 13, it says, and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, blessing and glory and honor and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever. Notice that the, the scene here goes from around the throne to all of creation. Brothers and sisters, there will be a day when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There will be a day when all of creation is submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ and righteousness dwells on the earth. And here we see in this text that our Lord Jesus has overcome. It's not that our Lord Jesus will one day have authority. Our Lord reigns in heaven with all authority right now. Our Lord rules over all the earth, no matter what's happening in Israel, 
No matter what's happening in Haiti, he allows these things according to his perfect wisdom. But nevertheless, he is in control. And notice the end, verse 14. The four beasts say, Amen. Truly, the lamb has conquered. Truly, the lamb has all authority. And so notice, brothers and sisters, that if we behold the lamb, if we look to him like John did or like heaven did, we cannot help but sing a new song, a new song of hope. And so I just want to remind you again, no matter how hopeless it may appear, we can sing a new song of hope because Christ is our reigning champion. We do not need to lose heart. We can be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because we can know our work is never in vain in him. And so as we pray today for our brothers who are hurting and sick, for those who are losing loved ones, for those who are in Israel and suffering, let us remember our Lord has all authority and all sovereignty, and he loves us and will be with us always. Thank you.